Hey, 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 who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name is Matt. And I'm Jordan. Yay, welcome to the January Roundtable. Welcome back to another episode with this lot. I say this lot, it's a bit of a cosy one for January. There's only a couple of us. The rest of the team are off doing lifey stuff, I guess. Life stuff, they're busy, busy doing things. So it's just myself, Matt and Jordan. And coming up in this month's episode, we are going to be talking about... These guys are actually going to give us our thoughts because we haven't spoken in person yet about the Christmas special, believe it or not. So uh, we've had some stuff kicking around Discord, but we haven't had the definitive yay or nay, like, dislike, rubbish or not from these guys. So we'll go through that. And then we've got some news that's been kicking about within fandom, etc. about some, some uh, I don't know how you would describe the news, really. Something's very cool. You know, it's, we roll on with another one of those things, uh, which is very cool. And then we've got some news, which is... Some would say a storm in a teacup. Others would say, you know, it's the tornado of the century. Let's see uh, where these guys fall on that. But before we crack on with that, um, I'll give you some details later on the episode about how you can follow and subscribe to this episode. But for now, let's see how these lot are. Matt, how have you been, buddy? Oh, um, yeah, very well. Thank you, Gary. Um, at a great christmas uh, usual family sort of stuff and um obviously watching on the big day um give you my thoughts on that in a little while but yeah apart from that i've, I've been continuing uh me and uh, my better half have been re-watching from rose uh to present um because she's she's just got back into it and and is loving it so um we were attempting to do it before the 60th anniversary specials aired but that did not happen we're currently um i think we just we've just watched the rings of akerton um oh, and my okay. opinion changed vastly on that one hmm. uh, uh yeah I, I i can't remember liking it that much on a first watch i, I was a bit bored i'll mm-hmm. be honest but watching it again um it was yeah great episode i, I think it's got everything you want in it um and the music that's that song i i don't know the name of it but uh i heard it recently on the the 60th anniversary the music special they did and it blew me away and then yeah i've just discovered a new appreciation for it is it called Um, the long song that's it is it the long song yeah yeah uh brilliant absolutely brilliant but apart from that, oh, I've um, been doing a bit of m- merchandise uh, updating in the in in the old Discord for um, for a few weeks now, and just sort of finding my feet there and um, oh yeah, trying to just yeah. keep people informed of the latest the latest stuff to spend your money on. Um, yeah, but, that's cool. Uh, so Matt is our um, what's the Matt's now sort of custodian of the of all the merch news 
that gets posted into our we have a dedicated channel in our discord for all he's the, the toy maker ah yes that's a better <laughs> a better label yeah matt's now the toy maker yeah which is a a nice little segue which i was going to leave till later but uh might as well say it now if you're if you want to hang out with other doctor who fans and talk about the show itself and all things around that so collecting um you know merch as we just mentioned with matt and uh, events and conventions and soundtracks all that stuff it's all there in our free discord service so if you head over to the website which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you'll see a discord icon there under the social media channels bit just whack that go into discord and there you go anyway sorry yeah so um okay so catching up on some doctor who Rings of Akaten, mm. very good. Do you know what? It's such a common thing these days. You hear it all the time with, not that episode specifically, but with people who have watched Doctor Who years after they've watched it and their opinion has been drastically changed. It's one of those, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. You know, I, I, I don't know any other, other than like the prequels with Star Wars, I, I don't know any other franchise where people have left a, a sizable gap talking about like years or decades even and then i've watched it again and it's like yeah i love that now so yeah that's really cool dude nice one i tell you what just one other episode that that happened with that i think you'll probably turn off my mic oh no oh no is... no matt don't say no not not that one not that one not your absolute worst episode <laughs> ever your second worst episode ever nightmare and silver Oh, right. Actually, Night, right. Yeah. Okay. Night I answer. actually watched that recently, thought it was a lot better than previous. Not great, but a lot better. Okay. So, mm. yeah, I, I can't say I share your sentiment on, on, on that. Maybe that's going to require another rewatch. I'm not sure, but uh, either way though, dude, it's very cool that you're, uh, you're going through and watching more Doctor Who. More Doctor Who is always a good thing. Nice one, dude. Uh, Jordan, how have you been, my friend? I'm very well, thank you. Um, like everybody else, I've watched Doctor Who Christmas Day. Um, so, but I, you know, we'll say my feelings on that in a minute. Um, but I very recently, um, Sunday, went to an event at Riverside Studios in London, which was re-showing an adventure in space and time, mm. and the final episode of the Celestial Toymaker, which I think is called The Final Test. Um, but I went with Maria from Big Blue Box. Um, and then we got to meet Caroline Ford, um, Warris Hussein, who directed An Unearthly Child and Marco Polo, uh, Jamie Glover and Claudia Grant, who were... Ian and Susan, but they were William Russell and Caroline Ford in Adventure in Space and Time. There was a couple of people, I think one of them was like one of the dolls in The Toymaker and someone we've met before, Dudley Darby, who was a cameraman. And then I think the one that me and Maria were probably the most excited for was we met Sasha Duan, um, nice. who was the master. And can I just say, Maria pointed it out before I noticed it, but he is tiny. He is so <laughs> short. And I, I was like, oh, my God. So his performance as the master, I mean, I liked him as the master. I thought he was really good. But his performance must have been so big 
that I just assumed like he was well over six foot. But if I, I mean, I'm six four. If I stood up, he must come up to about my shoulder or wow. a little bit below my shoulder. He's quite short. Mm. But I went to his table and he told me I had a lovely name. So he's not like the master at all. Um, but I think he was the one that we were the most excited for. So we've got a few autographs. Um, and yeah, we had a fun time. Up mm-hmm. until Storm, whatever it was, decided to hit London, and then I had to sort of leave quite suddenly so I could actually get home on the train. But apart from that, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun there. That sounds awesome. Wow, some really cool guests mm. there as well. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and fair dues to Waris Hussein, who I think it must be in his 90s, and he's still going. Yeah, you for know. sure. So, and he's, you know, he was still sort of with it and sort of talking about making the show and sort of doing whatever and I got to thank him for making something that you know 60 years ago would have just been something that they would just you know they'd only done on an earthly child they were already trying to cancel it mm. and um you know basically said thank you for making something that means so much to so many people and has lasted for you know 60 years and it's like well you're very welcome sir you're you're very welcome you're all very welcome so there you go <laughs> Morris Hussein has said you are all very welcome oh that's cool imagine if his reaction was very different like well I didn't want to make it <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was half expecting to come out with an answer like yeah. that. But, I was um, told to. So <laughs> I'm still trying to cancel it to this day. <laughs> yeah. No. What are we talking that's about so again? Cool, oh, Doctor Who, that thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, that's yeah, cool. No, it was a lot of fun. Mm. It was a lot of fun. Oh, sounds good. So you've both done Doctor Who related stuff. Always a good thing. <laughs> Uh, right, let's uh, let's go straight into the the Christmas special. Then, uh, Jordan, you can go first. Uh, what did you think to this? Um, in terms of was it what was it as? I, I'm not sure how high your expectations were going into watching that, but did it meet any of those expectations? Expectations, if you had any, and were there any sort of key takeaways that you either liked or disliked? Um, I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed the 60th anniversary sort of trilogy. Um, There were a few hiccups here and there, but for the vast majority of it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I I was kind of expecting, and I loved Shooty in The Giggle. I thought he was fantastic. From the minute he appeared, I think he kind of just stole the rest of the show. I don't think it mattered how good David was and how good Catherine was and, you know, Neil Patrick Harris. I think he was the one that was just the standout. Um, So going into Church on Ruby Road, I was expecting, you know, quite good things. And I think on the whole, I got that because I really did enjoy it. Um, Christmas specials are usually quite hit and miss anyway. They're normally more of a miss for me than a hit. Um, I think really only Voyage of the Damned is the the only one really that I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll watch that whenever. Um, but I have watched Church on Ruby Road quite a lot since it aired, so I must have enjoyed it enough that I want to keep watching it. Um, I thought Shooty was fantastic. I liked, I really liked Millie Gibson, actually. I was a little bit, because I know... I'd seen bits of her in Coronation Street and I didn't think she was amazing in that, but she was really good in this and they had a very good chemistry um, as the Doctor and the Companion. Um, 
There were a few things, um, but I think it's stuff that Russell's always struggled with. So re- why really were the goblins there? They didn't really do anything. They weren't, you know, they, they kind of became surplus to requirements towards the end. They were just something that they sort of kept on throwing. Oh, oh yeah, remember the goblins. The goblins are here to cause bad luck. Um, but that didn't really bother me because I think Shooty and Millie were so fantastic. And then the rest of the cast was so good that um yeah it didn't really bother me that the plot was kind of paper thin but it is a christmas special so that's kind of what you're going to get um i just want to know who miss flood is Mm. who she's supposed to be i think she is an old companion either one that we don't know the doctor had yet or she's playing someone who like one of the original actors has died um, so I'm thinking maybe she's someone like like Dodo or someone someone where the actress has passed away. And that's kind of why she had that sort of reaction when she saw the TARDIS. It was like, you know, I, I, I haven't seen one in nearly 60 years. I don't want to see one now. And, you know, um, but I kind of, you know, they've done the musical number, which did, really didn't bother me. I quite liked the musical number. That was that was pure sort of Disney and Gremlins and that sort of thing. Um <laughs> But I want Mrs. Flood, Russell, if you're listening to this, you quickly reshot that bit, the opening bit with Shooty in like two seconds for this Christmas one. I want Mrs. Flood to have a reveal like Agatha Harkness from WandaVision. Oh. And be like, it's been mm. Agatha all along. And, you know, do do something like that. Come on, you know, I, I you know, I'd quite like that. But um, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed Church on Ruby Road. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and definitely one of the better Christmas specials, I think, that we've had. Okay. So it's a thumbs up overall from you. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah. And that's that's one of the cool things that, uh, that I, I love when Doctor Who does that, when there's a, an interesting character and it just leaves everybody guessing for however many episodes or even years sometimes before you get background. So, that, yeah, that's very cool. Uh, an interesting theory as well. So maybe, yeah, a previous companion perhaps. Uh, yeah, where the original actress has, has passed away and it's... Because hmm. she's quite nice to Ruby at the end, isn't she? Where she's like, oh, good luck, Ruby. And it's sort of like, that doesn't... She could be like, you know, people have been like, oh, it's the Rani, she's the Rani. It could be, you know, Russell could be trying to sort of make us think what I'm thinking. But I'm like, I don't know, would a villain, you know, but then I don't know. But yeah, she was quite nice to Ruby at the end. So yeah, but that's well. And she's obviously somebody that knows, you know, because she knows what a TARDIS is. So she's obviously somebody that's. I don't know though. You can't really go. On, I don't think you can go on being nice to because yeah. we've seen. Um, I'm actually watching through Frontier in Space at the moment for our review this week of that, and in one episode, the Master turns up. And is very, very kind to Joe. Yeah. And, you know, help, you know, offers to help her and the doctor and, and all that stuff. And that obviously turns very sour very quickly. So that yeah. could obviously be a that could be a, a little ruse there, perhaps. You never know. It's it's that's why it's cool. <laughs> it's up in the air. So, okay. But I want an Agatha reveal, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want. Do you know what? That was pretty cool. In one division, that was kind of cool. It was. It was yeah. very good. 
Okie dokie, a thumbs up from Jordan. And Matt, over to you, buddy. Uh, did it meet your expectations, if you had any? And what are some key takeaways for you? Well, I mean, um, coming in from the giggle, it's kind of hard not to have expectations for this special because, well, as soon as he was pulled out of David Tennant, he stole the show, didn't he? Um, oh, shoot, he, he was just... I think that, that it's just the perfect... Well, one of the perfect castings for uh, the Doctor, really, because he's just he's he's got that spark he's got that something that sets him apart from being human but also not enough that he's not likable he's he's so much so that he's instantly lovable almost it is you can't help but um smile when he's on screen um so yeah of course coming into this i i had some expectations and same as jordan i think they were pretty much met and I thoroughly enjoyed the episode as a whole. Uh, there's a few little little bits that stopped me from putting a, a ten down on the on the score sheet, but um, on the whole, it it was it it served its purpose brilliantly as bringing Shooty into the fold as the Doctor um, and showing what. Uh, what he is really about. I mean, with the giggle, you've got the regen story, and and it's all a bit. Oh my God, who am I? You know, the, this this finding their feet, Doctor. But this, you really got a sense of who this Doctor's going to be, and um, what what kind of man he is. Um, also, it, it serves as a brilliant opening for the comparison as it always does the first the first episode is always um with a new companion it's always more of a uh a, a companion piece than a monster story i think mm-hmm. uh you, you you do it with any of them really rose uh smith and jones uh, any of them and and most of the time the monsters you don't really remember them all that like they weren't the center of the story but i think it, it works well um, as as a as the goblins um, come on in. They 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 work well with um, the fantasy element because it, it's not it's done nicely. It's not silly, um, which was after hearing the goblin song song coming out. Um, I had a I had a worry that I think we said on the podcast that it was going to be really kind of Alvin and the Chipmunksy um, voiced. And it's just gonna be sort of like I don't know, just silly. Um, but it wasn't, and and yeah, really happy with that. Um, in terms of the episode, I think nearly everything was spot on. I think the only thing that brought it down for me was personally the gloves, the intelligent kinetic gloves. Um, just a plot device, really. Uh, and and used way too much. If they were used once to to get out of a tight situation when they first, um, when he had to jump onto the rope to climb up to the um, the goblin ship, if that was the only time we saw them, fine. But to be the the be all and end all in the save the day solution, it felt kind of a little bit easy. Um, yeah, but then again, it's Christmas special. They're always fluffy. <laughs> They're not <laughs> so in depth, hmm. sort of thing. True, as as like 
mid-season so on, so so I can kind of forgive that. Um, okay. And it was just in with a bunch of fantastic moments. Uh, okay. From the yeah, from from the from the story and and the performances. Uh, every everybody was fire, firing on all cylinders, even Davina McCall. Um, even Davina. which I thought she'd have a yeah, I, I think she'd have a way bigger part than she did, um, mm-hmm. because of all of the, the hype surrounding her character, and she was made out to be this massive guest star. But uh, yeah, I, it, she still had a nice role and 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 that sort of thing. But on the whole, I'd say thoroughly enjoyable. Just a little wrapped up too easy, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yes, I really intriguing. That. Yeah, with the um, with what Jordan was saying about the the, the um, mysterious lady and also Mrs. Flood. Um, both of those uh, women are. But I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. Mm. Okay. I did think that maybe the cloaked woman could have been the thirteenth Doctor. But, yeah, a lot um, of people said of the that. Boots. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but then I was speaking. I, I said this on Twitter or X or whatever it is, and um, our friend over at the Doctor Who show, uh, Rob, um, made a very good point about the eyelets on the boots. They're different to Jodie's, and also they're open. Um, no, sorry, I think they're they're they're. That Jody half laces hers, and these are all done up, so they're not the same boots. That I think it could be a trying to catch mm. us off guard sort of thing. Yeah, there's always that. I think mm. that's a bit of a reach. I think I mentioned this on on a regular podcast last week. I think that's a bit of a reach for me. The whole Jody thing, um, just because they'd have to they'd have to bring Jody back at some point in the next series or the or the one after that to try and explain away why she was there in the first place. Now, it feels to me a little bit like, um, you know, when um, Stephen Moffat took over and we had Matt Smith and, and you know, a whole new thing, but there was a little mm. bit of mystery with certain things and you thought, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. It would have been really weird for a, one episode for David Tennant to turn up you know, and be this weird kind of multi-doctor kind of, you know, just because of the whole, if you think about series five onwards, that did feel like a, not a canon reboot, but it felt like the show went through a little bit of a soft reboot in terms of the direction and different producer, you know, just everything is very new. It feels like that times 10 for Shooter's era. It feels like this is a very, very different separate thing. And even calling the next series that we've got coming up in May, season one, that feels like it's very much a, you know, without having to reset everything too much, it does feel like a bit of a, you know, here's the reset button, boys. We've hit that. So for me, it's a reach to have Jodie's Doctor come back for any reason. Um, I could be wrong, probably am wrong, but I don't know. It might be Clara. Might be well, Clara. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love it to be someone that we just have no idea. Um, but yeah, now, now you say that, I think it would work with Jodie mostly if it was wrapped up 
in that Christmas special. As a, you know what they did with, um, was it the end of Deep Breath, uh, where Clara is on the phone to try and uh, with with Matt Smith to yes, yeah, try and um, you know calm her and accept the new Doctor and help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that could have worked, but yeah, I think I agree with what you're saying. If it if it's now drawn out and you're not going to see the end until the end of seri- season one, I suppose. Um, yeah, it would make no sense for it to be Jodie. Mm. I think Jodie will be back at some point. I don't know, the 70th anniversary or whatever. I don't know. I think she will be back in some capacity, but I don't know. Anyway, so I, I asked about your guys' expectations because I know that there was, for the first time in a long time, actually, I saw a lot of people on social, mainly Twitter and Facebook groups, where um, unlike in previous eras where we've had a new doctor kicking things off with their first proper episode generally speaking everybody was up for it everybody was looking forward to see the change and the new doctor and everything this was the first time in the last decade i suppose um or the last 15 years whatever where i've seen a little bit of divide with a lot of fans saying oh i'm just going in with the lowest of expectations because you know the last x amount year x many number of years of doctor who has just been terrible so i'm not going to go into it with high expectations and looking forward to it because i don't want to be you know majorly disappointed based on even though it's a bit ridiculous like or, or you know origins origin apples and oranges it's like you can't really compare the recent few years of the chibney era to a russell t davis era they're very very uh they're very different but I did see that divide. So that's why I wanted to ask you guys if you were like, yeah, I'll just see how this goes. I won't go in, you know, uh, going going in crazy. But to be honest with you, uh, conversely, I guess, I think the 60th episodes helped, especially that third one, the giggle where we saw Shooty uh, rocking and rolling straight from the outset from when he was on screen. So maybe that helped a little bit. But yeah, uh, great stuff, guys. Yeah, so I think it's thumbs up all round on the Christmas special and no doubt you guys are looking forward to season one, I guess. Cool. Uh, have you guys looked into the, uh, or have pre-ordered the new box set? I can't remember because we always discuss these on the round tables when they come around to, to being released. And I can't remember which one of you guys, I know Harry definitely doesn't get these. He waits for the non-special editions i think and he picks them up a year later or so on but i can't remember which of you guys order them and which of you don't but uh, recently we had the season 15 box set announced and up for pre-order the tom baker stuff with um you know the invisible enemy underworld horror of fang rock all that stuff is this float in your boat you guys with all the special features have you ordered or is this uh yeah I'll, I'll give it a skip jordan yeah i mean i've i've pre-ordered it um, I've gone for the, the special edition one. Um, season um, is 15, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was season 40. <laughs> season 15 is a weird one for me because I tend to look at it and be like, oh, that's a rubbish one. Um, but sort of when I, like I love horror fang rock, the Invisible Enemy is all right. Image of the Fendal is pretty good. 
I always dread the Sunmakers, but thoroughly enjoy it. Underworld, I hate. I hate, hate, hate Underworld. It's awful. And I'm not overly keen on the invasion of time, but I would take it over Underworld. So it's it's a weird one for me. Um, but I knew it had to be released at some point, so it might as well just come out now and, you know, sort of... But it's, you know, I've, I'm looking forward to it. I loved the trailer um, with Leela and the Daleks and mm. that, I thought that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's, and I, I love all like the special features. I'm looking forward to them doing a making of horror Fang Rock um, because it's one of my favorite stories. So, and it's one of the DVDs that has shockingly not had much extras when they released it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the behind the sofas are always really good. So true. Yes. I'm true. looking forward to seeing them. I, I'm one of these people who tends to watch the behind the sofas first and then watch, then watch the actual episode. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing this new design for the Rutans. Mm. I mean, my, my first thought was why didn't they use it to update CGI on Underworld? But considering the whole story of Underworld is CGI, it's probably <laughs> going that would be too expensive to do that. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to, to seeing a lot of the sort of updated effects and things. So no, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah, I think Horror of Fang Rock has, has managed to scoop most of the budget in terms of where the special features are focused on and updated effects and sound mix and all that stuff, which is no bad thing because um, you mentioned at the very beginning that season 15 is not one of your favourites in yeah. terms of you know a collection of stories. And I think th- there was always going to be a point as we go through all of these releases of... Of, of of each series with um uh of these blu-ray box sets there's there's a few different seasons across each doctor's uh era which are not the strongest let's be honest so it was always going to come to a point where they we hit one of these seasons and yeah it's i, I think more than ever it's going to be the special features that are the selling point you know because I must admit, I think it's around this time that I start to tune out of Tom Baker's era. I just sort of, it's sort of I like the key to time, but I like the relationship between the Fourth Doctor and Romana and that. Um, mm-hmm. But then I'm not overly keen on season seventeen, and I'm not overly keen on season eighteen. So I think it's about after Image of the Fendal is when I start to just. <laughs> his sort of era starts to go downhill for me. Yes. With the yeah. exception of a few stories, there are a few brilliant ones. Um, but yeah, this is sort of where I start to zone out with Tom Baker. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, Matt, um, I can't remember. Did, do you pre-order these? Do you pick these up or he's laughing? Of course he does. Look at his little face. <laughs> he's all over it. Aren't you? Oh, about, 30 seconds after it was announced <laughs> something like that it, yeah I, it was actually i know I, I know about these so much that i know that it was weird because they're normally announced on a tuesday but they weren't it wasn't for this one and that's how much i i know how to pre-order them um because i generally know which day to look out for but um no i instant pre 
order. I've I've got all of the others, um, uh, which is entirely this podcast's fault because I was <laughs> when I was listening years and years ago. You were you were talking about I think it was the season eighteen no the the first the second one to so the Peter Davison. I think it was was it twenty one. Season twenty one or season, season nineteen? Season 19. 19. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um and you were saying, you know, you want to get their season twelve just sold out super quick and I was I'm in an R and I thought, well, that's a good way to watch Classic Hero for the first time is to watch it on these Blu-rays. Yeah, not it looked back since. So my wallet doesn't thank you, but I do. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's um they're, they're, they're great sets. They always have been. And uh, especially the trailers are just getting better and better every single time. You, you you watch the first trailer and you think, that was great. And then you watch the next one and you think, wow, that was better. And it just keeps getting better. <laughs> the This one was no exception. It was brilliant. The um, Leela versus the, the time. Minnesota. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and and you could tell so much love and and also so much more money is going into these trailers now to make them so theatrical and and almost mini episodes um, of classic Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just mm. really thrilled with it all, all the love that goes into them. Yeah, an interesting thing about that trailer is, um, of course, it's very well written and uh, and um, yeah, the the character of Leela. You know, Louise Jameson is playing it obviously very well, and you know it's all good. Um, the continuity visually between this and Day of the Doctor was spot on, really. If you think about the the background, you know, you had that big glass dome that was busted, you know, the Citadel, and and just the color grading and the costumes and everything. Um, they didn't use this as an excuse to go off and sort of have their own little version of what the Time War might have looked like. It really felt like um, you know, it was all just sort of plucked out of, you know, maybe it was a deleted scene from the day of the doctor, you know, mm. the 50th stuff. So yeah, that was, um, that was really cool. So yeah. Um, I've also pre-ordered the box set, obviously after I saw Matt's little update in the discord that they'd been released and announced and stuff. So I jumped on it and leapt on that and pre-ordered. So the problem is, we know we say this many times that this is the struggle of being a collector of doctor who stuff with these kind of things is that once you get a few of them, you're off. You can't not get the other ones. So, you know, what and what started out, should I say, is just a, you know, a, a £45 or £40 investment just to enjoy a series of Doctor Who is now gonna probably going to be thousands of pounds worth of Blu-ray stuff. So, mm. thank you, Doctor Thank you for all the enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I am harboring a bit of a secret. Share. We're all friends. We're all friends. Well, I I promise you I am a Doctor Who fan, just in case you aren't aware. But (laughs) the only one of season 15 that I've watched is actually The Invisible Enemy. I've not seen any of the others. Huh? You've not seen Horror Fan Rock? You've not seen the, the horror that is Underworld? No, I've got that joy to come. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm surprised no, I... you haven't seen Horror of Fang Rock, actually. Well, yeah. Um, well, now you can watch it in HD. 
This is true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, actual, it was it was the first classic episode that I watched, actually, The Invisible Enemy. Okay. Um, it's not a bad story. It's not, you know, it's one that I'm always like, oh, God, it's The Invisible Enemy. But then I'm like, oh, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I, picked it I sort up of on forget VHS, that it's quite good. Oh, yeah. VHS. Um, Is that wow. the early 2000s, isn't it? Yeah, straight after yeah. watching School Reunion. Because I I was at that right age where what Russell had intended K9 and Sarah Jane to do just fell completely perfectly for my age group. And I was in love with K9 from the end of the episode. And, and then, yeah, just completely went balmy with the episodes um, that, that I could find with him in. And that was the first one I saw. Uh, strangely enough, didn't continue into the rest of season 15. I don't know if I got a vibe or something, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, at the same time, there's a bit of a shameful secret, that one. <laughs> Hmm. I, f- I find it hard to believe that you've not ever been tempted to seek out horror of Fang Rock and give that a watch. It's such a highly r- high rated, you know, fan favorite that one of that series, especially. It's probably the best story in that series, without a doubt. Come on, dear. You seem to be fair. I know, but I, I, yeah, it's just bypassed me a little bit. That one. Um, when I think of. When I think of the Doctor and Leela, I think of Talons or um, mm. stories. Uh, actually, to be fair, I haven't watched a lot of Leela and the Doctor. I think I think a lot of this has got to change. <laughs> well, I just think it's funny when you think about Horror Fang Rock that they basically sort of fired Philip, Philip Hinchcliffe for making it too scary. Mm-hmm. Brought in Graham Williams because, oh, we need to, you know, make it a bit more comedic and make it, you know, whatever. And then he says, yep, to Horror Fang Rock, and it's one of the scariest episodes of Doctor <laughs> Who that, that's around. It's, you know, it's one of the, the, it's definitely, if you're a horror fan, you know, Horror Fang Rock is definitely something to watch. But yeah, and like you brought Graham Williams in to make it funny, and then he kicks his ear off with Horror Fang Rock, <laughs> you know. And then Image of the Fendal, like two stories later, which yes. you know, is heavily influenced yes. by Philip Hinchcliffe. So, but mm. yeah, no, definitely watch Horror of Hang Rock now, because it's very good. If you don't watch any other stories from that season, just watch that one. Oh, defo. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose the question is, do I, because I do like a horror film, so do I watch that after we've done this, or do I wait for the box set? I would. It depends. If you if you're one of these, if you're one of these dudes that gets hung up on, um, people redoing visual effects, then yes, watch it now and then yeah. watch the Blu-ray version so you so you can compare and see which version you you prefer and enjoy. If you're not, if you're not bothered, then just wait until the Blu-ray and just give that a watch. I think that's probably the line I'll go down. The the effects. I think. To be fair, because a lot of them I haven't seen before, and I'm still working my way through. I'm still working my way through the second Doctor's era currently. Um, so yeah, I, I I think a lot of them it doesn't really matter for me because I I'm just seeing the special effects for the first time. Obviously, some that I have seen I've I've sort of flitted between classic Doctors um, episodes, but yeah, I think I'll probably do that. Probably wait for the box set and have it as a as a nice experience. Have you ever seen, I think it's The Fog by John Carpenter? Mm. 
Jamie Lee Curtis and that Adrian is it Adrian Bob Bo Barbara. Mm. That's and I've, it's set in a I've... lighthouse, and the, well, the, yeah. the vast majority of it's in a lighthouse. It's very similar. I wouldn't be surprised if after John Carpenter dies, he's like, oh yeah, you find out, oh yeah, he stole a lot of that from Horror of Fang Rock. Because um, <laughs> it, it kind of goes down a very similar route with sort of the isolated locations and the fog creeping in. And it's definitely, when I describe it, I always compare it to that one. Yeah. Is that the one that's based off a um, Stephen King short story? Don't yeah, that's Don't the mist you're thinking of. That's that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that one. That's that's okay. another one for the list. Well, there you go. Give that one a watch, and then you'll kind <laughs> of have a vibe about what horror fang rock is like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Uh, in a nutshell, just get it watched, Matt, regardless of uh, how you watch it. But just wait. Yeah, it sounds like it's, you're probably better off just waiting for the old... For the mm. old Blu-ray, stick it on and uh, and enjoy. That's the best way. Yeah. Uh, Okie dokie. Let's finish up with uh, a story that's been doing the rounds over the last few days about upcoming Doctor Who. Before I do that, though, uh, some deets on how you can follow and subscribe to this very podcast. We put a new episode out every week when uh, we are both my co-host Adam and I on our regular weekly podcast when we're not traveling or working whatever we put a new episode out every Friday where we review all of new Doctor Who as it's going out and when there's no new Doctor Who we go back to the back catalog and and uh, and review that stuff last week it was Revenge of the Cybermen this week it is the John Pertwee story Frontier in Space so that's coming out this Friday and then also once a month we also get together as a team this lot and we do a round table where we just um, pick out a few stories that are doing the rounds, anything that's worthy of chat, or we do a review of something, whatever we, we decide. And uh, it's just a bunch of Who fans, really, just uh, having a chat about Doctor Who, which is always cool. So make sure that you pick up all those episodes by subscribing or following in whatever podcast you listen to your podcast on. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast. You'll find us in all the popular apps and networks and whatnot. Or you can listen for free in the browser as well. Just get over to Big Blue Box Podcast at Code UK. All the episodes are there, plus all of the um, convention roundouts and big finish reviews and all the articles from these guys. They're all there to read as well. And we're on the socials. Uh, there are links on the website. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week. And as I mentioned earlier, we have a really cool free Discord server. So hop in there and do that as well. Uh, okay, let's finish up with this story then. It's about um, Millie Gibson, who is obviously our new companion with Shooty, um, Ruby Sunday. Uh, it turns out that she's already been fired, which is great if you believe certain people across the internet or whatever it is. Uh, the truth is she hasn't been fired. It's just, uh, from what I can gather, this is just Russell's sort of long-term plan as he moves through the first few seasons of this new era of Doctor Who. And I think what a lot of people have um, sort of latched onto is the fact that we're only going to see her for season one. Uh, well, along with the Christmas special, season one, and then apparently just a few episodes of season two. So everybody has latched onto that and has sort of conjured up all of these scenarios that are, frankly, um, they might be true, but it feels like a very thin 
um, sort of thing. It's I find it very, very difficult to believe that Russell T. Davis and Julie and Phil Collins and all these other producers went through the casting process, found somebody that they loved as a companion, and then after she filmed one season, they just very swiftly changed their minds and were like, actually, no, we don't like this person at all. I find that very, very difficult to believe. So she has left, or she is leaving. But the thing to put, I sort of wrap this up in a bit of context, is that I think a lot of people were spoiled by Billy Piper's Rose character that stuck around for quite a long time. So she obviously was with us from the very opening part of of the 2005 revival i guess you call it and uh and she was there for ages you know she was there right up until uh what was it season was it season two she left was it or yeah yeah season two season she left. two and yeah and then we had martha and then she, she came was back for back and then, season four yeah uh so she was around for ages and that was a little bit of now that you look at um, everything since 2005 and you look at it as a bigger picture that's probably the exception rather than the rule because uh, uh, Martha Jones she was only in it for one series and then you had Donna Noble although she's been in it um, what feels like a long time she was only in it for one full series she was in it for the Christmas special one full series and then she and then she was you know obviously back so when you look at it is in the bigger picture with some context. Um, Millie Gibson is only really following in the same kind of pattern that's the other companions we've had, minus Rose Tyler, who was kind of the exception, like I said. So what do you guys think to this? Because any other time when somebody gets announced as leaving Doctor Who, whether it's the Doctor, the actor playing the Doctor, or if it's you know, one of the companions, it's normally met with, oh, okay, cool, they're leaving. We knew that was going to happen. I wonder who's now going to replace that person as the companion or companions. But with this one, it feels weird. It feels like everybody's just jumped on this negativity train of, oh my God, something's gone drastically, horribly wrong at, at, at Doctor Who and the BBC. And there's all this drama, but I don't know, it just feels like par for the course of me. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, I mean, like you say, Donna, Martha, Bill. Um, I think it, it's not unusual, and especially that she's not just doing one season. She's got at least um, nearly half of season two as well. Um, that and and nothing's been confirmed. That's the thing. Nothing has been confirmed. It's all speculation, and it's all been blown out of proportion. Half of the stuff is is probably made up, like you say. Um, but even so, I think we, especially maybe fans that have come in maybe at Jodie's run or um, even in Moffat's run, you didn't, apart being, uh, Bill being the caveat to this point, is you've had, especially Yaz, you had Yaz for series 11, 12, 13, and then the specials. Um she almost, she hung around as long as the doctor, so it, if you've only jumped on board there, or even when Clara came in, because Clara hung around for a long, long time, um, then then I suppose I can see where people are coming from. 
But if you delve back into, say, from 2005, like you say, it's not uncommon. It's just something that happens. And, you know, sometimes actors don't want to be tied down for years and years. Um, and sometimes they, they, it's just naturally time for their character to go. You do, we, don't, mm. we haven't seen any of season one for, for a start. Um, so you don't know what's going to happen, whether or not... Um, she even makes it past a few episodes in season two. It, it, it could have been the plan all along, but I think the problem with it is I, I really feel for Millie Gibson because, well, she's she's 19 years old. Then suddenly everybody is on in her... She's in everybody's spotlight for all these made-up reasons. Mm. Um, I just think it's a bit... It's a bit harsh, and I think people maybe need to... Well, from my point of view, I think it, it it just is a bit rumor mill and, and it, it can do with calming down a bit, I think, is, is, the, yeah. is the point. Well, that, that's, the, that's the, the crux of the matter. I think it's not, I don't think it's the story itself that's potentially the issue. It's the number of people who have jumped on it to make it more of a, which is why I fall into the camp of a, it's a bit of a, st- a storm in a teacup. It's the, it's fandom that have, that's made it and you know, a potential thing. So Jordan, what are your thoughts dude on, on this? I, I agree. I, I think it's probably been something that Russell has planned all along. Um, you think it's sort of this whole season one, the whole thing is sort of like a big relaunch, big sort of, you know, Disney's coming in and you're trying to reach a new audience. I think she's probably going to be designed to be like a, an introduction companion. And then this new lady that comes in is going to be like Chuty's main companion, you know, however many years he's there for, Mm. she will do a couple of years. But yes, I don't, I don't understand why people, I think people are kind of kicking off because Someone somewhere has said, oh, it's very similar to Christopher Eccleston leaving. Um, I've seen a lot of comparisons with that, which I don't quite understand. I think the only thing was one of the newspapers reported that Millie Gibson was a bit of a diva on set overnight. And I'm thinking, you know, she's 19. If I was on a night shoot filming till three, four o'clock in the morning... I'd probably be a diva. And oh, I'm you would. Jordan, you would. You know. Defo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where's my bloody coffee? <laughs> Three minutes I've I mean, been waiting you know, I for would this. I would no, no. get tired and I would get a bit ratty. And, you know, you, you, you can understand that. But, <laughs> yeah, it's not no, coffee. I would an it would have been, where's my bloody gin? Where's my gin? My gin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But, <laughs> but um, I'm glad you all know what I'm like. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I... I, I do feel quite bad for her because, you know, she's not had a chance to say anything. The news hasn't officially broken that she's leaving. Um, we've had a few leaked set photos with the new companion. That's not been announced yet. Um, but you think Martha only did one series, but then was in series four. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, she yep. was in, what, two, three, four, say five episodes and then came back for the end of time. Um, you know, you even going back to classic Doctor Who, you know, you had Dodo did one season, Victoria did one season, 
Um, Liz Shaw did one season. It's not something that's, you know, this is this is new. So I don't understand why people are sort of kicking off about it as if it's new. I guess it's probably because there was such a big deal made about it. And it's sort of like, oh, if they, you know, if it was such a big deal, you're announcing these characters and things and they're only in it for one series. But, you know, there was a big deal about Bill and Nardole and things like that. And they were only in it for one series and they were always designed to be in it for one series. Yes. Um, and yeah. you can see that when you watch when you watch series 10 back, you can see that they were designed to just be Peter Capaldi's going out companions. Mm-hmm. Um so I uh, know I I feel very bad for Millie Gibson, um, and I really liked Ruby in Church on Ruby Road. I thought she was really good. So I think people should just reserve their judgment for you know when the when the series actually airs. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't quite get what people are kicking off about. Yeah, and I think you've um, yeah you've nailed it there. Where you you have so many of these previous companions who are. And also, don't forget, Chibas was doing things very differently before that as well. So maybe people have got used to people like um, uh, Tosin Cole's character and um, what was the what was her compa- um, what was the companion's name that ended up right, up right until the end with Jodie? What was her name? Uh, oh, Mandy oh. Gill. Mandy Gill. Yes, um, he obviously engineered his era of Doctor Who to have his companions last across multiple um, series, you know, and, and, and really encompass the entire arc of uh, going on that journey along with the Doctor, not just sort of dipping in and out like the previous ones. So I think there's just a lot of factors involved in it. You know, it's like we have all these previous companions, as Jordan said, who only were with us for one, one series and, and that was it. And that's, that's kind of the norm. Um, and then you had Chibbers who engineered things very differently. Then we switched back to Russell and it appears now that he's kind of gone back to following suit a little bit with some of the companions or some of the people involved n- not being in the show for the, the entire arc along with the Doctor, but just, you know, doing that one series or a bit. So, yeah, it's a bit of a change. And then also we have to remember that the we had such a massive build-up to the 60th with the new doctor and David Tennant being back and you know this whole thing of the the Russell version 2 era and that whole big build up and everything and now the dust is just about to settle and we already get news of a companion leaving the show so that's like do you know what I mean it's like a domino effect of a few a few things so but I'm with you guys I think it's just a yeah I think it's just it's a natural thing it's very much been designed that way by Russell and the other people. But, you know, you guys know fandom. You guys know fandom by now. You know how the machine That's, works. Even, um, I forgot, I think we all forgot a companion, actually, but um, in even in the Chibnall era, we had Mr. Pan-Fried Sontar and himself. <laughs> we had Dan only for one season. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And he was great. He was great. <laughs> yeah, and he was great. But only one season, because even, you know, come towards the, the, um, was it the Centenary, or was it the... Yeah, Centenary. Which one did he special. leave in? Yeah, yeah the Centenary. Yeah, Power and the Doctor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah. so, it, it's, it's not, it's not uncommon. 
Not at all. And a lot no. of the time, you find that these sort of one series companions are like some of the best companions. You know, I I really liked mm-hmm. Bill. I really liked Liz. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I say? I liked Dodo. I liked Dodo. I'm not. I, you know, I will die on that hill. I think Dodo was quite a good companion. Um, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of the time the one series companions are probably the best one because they're not unless they're really good, someone like Joe Grant or Sarah Jane or um, uh, someone like, you know, Clara, I didn't really like Clara, but she probably falls under that category. Unless there's something about them, you know, you sort of, you're only really there for one series and you're just like, right, I've had fun. I'm off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's what Ruby's going to do. Yeah. You would think so. At this point, yeah. Alrighty. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. Maybe if uh maybe if Maria was here she'd go on a big rant about stuff. You know. You know what Maria's like. <laughs> she'd start off with, Well, Gary, and that would be it. Bucket you know, buckle up, get a cup of tea ready. Maria's gonna go off on one. We love you, Maria joking of course we do yes uh okay guys um if there are no other news stories that you guys want to cover uh we shall wrap it there i think for the oh matt have you got something oh matt's got i would i was just gonna say um if you're listening to this live and you fancy yourself a new tardis set uh you can still get the fugitive doctor and a bespoke TARDIS set at retail at the Character Options site. Hmm. Um, because they had a lot of problems on actual pre-order day, but now it's quietened down. But I have seen already eBay listings for double the price, um, which hmm. I don't, just don't want anyone to fall victim of because it, it's actually still available. Bloody scalpers. They are. I know. Oh, nice, up, nice update, dude. So yeah, character options on the website, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it is a little bit pricier because the whole the whole um, model for the TARDIS and for the the Fugitive Doctor figure had to be brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I think it's thirty nine ninety nine and through uh, free delivery. But um, yeah, it's a good, very good looking set, brand new looking mm. um, packaging as well, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, let's get that. Nice one. Uh, Adam's definitely picked oh, it up. Oh, Adam, of course, yeah. Adam would have got that. He would be, um, yeah, he'd have his scouts looking around all the B&M stores or be off himself, Aylesbury, all of those places, having a look, trying to hunt them down. He gets very, yeah, he gets very, for those of you that know this feeling well, I, I, I'm not casting any shade, of course, but if you're a morning person and, you know, it doesn't affect you, that's uh, that's the opposite of what Adam's like. So if you're one of these people that in the morning you need like a good hour before you see in colour, before the world is agreeable, that's the kind of mood that Adam's in when he doesn't get his B&M sets. So, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, otherwise I'll just never hear the end of it. He'll be banging on banging on about that for weeks and on that note 
Thank you very much, guys. Let's wrap it there for the February Roundtable. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for coming back to another month and another roundtable with the Big Blue Box writing team. Thank you very much, Matt. It's been good to chat to you as always, buddy. Thank you, Gary. It's always lovely to be on these. And um, yeah, can't wait for the next one. Indeed, yes. And Jordan, thank you very much for your insight and your thoughts as always, dude. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I love, I love Jordan's uh, salutations. It's very cool. It's like, you right, Jordan? Hello. <laughs> Hello there. Uh, <laughs> it's my theatre training, darling. Yeah, oh, yes. And then when he says Ooh. goodbye, it's like, you know, one day he's just going to be like, oh, sod off. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because I'm having to be polite. That's that's yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how many gins he's knocked back before we get to that point. Perhaps yeah. But uh, thank you very much, you two, for your thoughts on the Christmas special. Very very cool. The season 15 box set. Make sure you go and pre-order that if you want it, because as always, they will run out. And uh, and his thoughts on the Millie Gibson thing. I'm sure some more deets will come to light for that. Until next month for the February roundtable. Can't believe it's Feb. We're talking about the Feb roundtable already in 2024. That's cool. Uh, make sure, as I said earlier, just very quickly, make sure you're following or subscribing to the podcast wherever you get your podcast apps. Just do a search for us. You'll find us there. Uh, and of course, over on the website where you can link off to all the socials and the Discord, etc. Until next time, guys. My name's Gary. I'm Jordan. <laughs> My name's Seth. And remember. <laughs> hey. Hey.